Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And welcome back, Hollow Cult. Another wonderful Monday morning to get this week started off right. Kyle's got some Hatman encounters, which I'm stoked about. But first, before we get this cracking, got to get through the business. So check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, and Reddit. Come over. Be part of the community, join the cult, hang out with us, don't be a dick, and just keep making this the great thing that it is. You know the drill. If you have a paranormal encounter that you'd like for us to feature on a future show, Kyle's got some deets. You can write your story out, shoot it over to the email, you can record yourself with like a voice memo app or your... Just a video on your phone. Use your smartphone smartly and record yourself. Shoot it over to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. You can try to schedule an interview, which is hollowskyinterviews at gmail.com. You can also call or text the holophone, which is 1618-556-0837. All this lovely information is in the show notes. Our P.O. boxes, too, if you want to send us something. I've had a, quite a few people on Instagram ask for it here lately so it's in there if you want it it's in the p or it's in the show notes so yeah do work do go work. full send do good work good work if you'd like to support the show because i'm sure that's what you're sitting there thinking how can i support these two fine gentlemen and the work that they're doing we have a patreon you can go over and check out look at the tiers see if there's anything you're interested in we have a Venmo. You can throw some pocket change into the Monster Fund, which we appreciate. The first and foremost, mo- most important thing you can do is share the show. Share it word of mouth. Share it on social media. Hire a plane to fly a hollow sky banner around. That would be pretty dope. Print off our QR code from the link tree. Tattoo it on your forehead. Tattoo it on your forehead. Have a graffiti artist. Paint it on the Eiffel Tower. That'd be cool. Any landmark, really. The yeah. Grand Canyon. <laughs> uh, the Empire State Building. Just anywhere. Just pop pop it up there. Times Square. Big Ben. You know. All of them. All of them. You can also go to wherever you listen to our podcast, or any podcast for that matter, and leave us a five-star rating and review. If I find it, I'll shout you out like I'm about ready to do now. Our five-star rating and review today comes to us from S.L. Felton. This is the best. Five stars. By far my favorite podcast. I hope you all get to the point where you get to podcast full-time. Even with your limited time to research topics, your content is top tier. Well, S.L. Felton, first off, thank you for the kind words and the review. We also hope that we get to that point. Yeah. Because we like doing this for you all. Yeah, we're actively trying. <clears throat> we'll get there. I have faith in it. Because I... This is way more fulfilling than my normal lame job. Yeah. A billion times over. Yeah, for sure. So maybe if we could get the Hollow Cult Collective Consciousness going... Let's do this. We can make this happen in the future. Let's do this. Today's paranormal listener experience comes to us from 
the good old website, which every time I find one, I forget that we have a website because it just kind of does its own thing. But we do get notifications, so thank you for that. <clears throat> Comes from our friend Frank. It says, Hi guys, I was just listening to your Night Shift episode 10. The lady from Utah was talking about the flaming ball flying through the air. I had a similar experience at my house in New Hampshire. I lived about 30 minutes northeast of Concord, next to a state park, so really secluded and in the woods. One night, right before bed, around 10 p.m., I went up the stairs to go lay down, and since we live in a secluded place, we didn't have curtains in our room. While walking to my bed, I caught a glimpse of a light in the corner of my eye, coming from outside my window. I looked out, and I saw a round light about a mile away that had a beam of light coming from the bottom of it, shining down onto a hill below. I assumed it was a helicopter, but something in my head said maybe this is a UFO. As soon as that thought went through my head, the, the beam that was shining on the hill disappeared, and it seemed as though the light looked in my direction. A few seconds later, it started traveling my way. But the weird thing was, is that it was getting closer, it turned into a fireball. As soon as it passed the side of my house, the light fire went out, and I didn't see it anymore. I remember trying to tell my wife and my kids to look outside, as the whole experience was happening, and they didn't seem to hear me. They said they didn't hear me yelling at them to look outside. That's what stuck with me. I'm still trying to figure out what I saw that night. <clears throat> Frank, thanks so much for taking the time to submit your encounter. Um, yeah, the It was Liu Kang. The fireball in the sky reminds me of your encounter. Yeah. With the bonfire in the sky. Well, it was... It wasn't a fire, though. Mine was like a solid orange ball. Yeah. I was just being dumb and trying to come up with an explanation. I got you. But uh, I don't know why it would turn into a fireball, you know. I don't either. It's really, that's really weird. I mean, it kind of halfway reminded me of just being outside just a minute ago and seeing the weird light out there, um, which you're going to investigate eventually. <laughs> we did kind of investigate it. We tried, yeah. yeah. For, er, first off, it is bizarre, this encounter, that once you seem to notice it, it noticed you. Yeah. I always think that those things kind of, it's almost like they're tied into our consciousness, where once we consciously notice them, then they're... They have like a conscious radar. Yeah, and they're like, boom. But back back to our little uh, excursion tonight, me and Kyle are supposed to be here recording, knocking some episodes out. <clears throat> we go outside so Kyle can smoke. We see a ghost light. Bum, bum, bum. So, being your paranormal investigators, I go in, get the old infrared, and we go... Start looking. Start looking. There's that light out in, the, out in this field. There's a, <clears throat> a house kind of off in the woods to the southeast of me, kind of back off the way a ways, and there was a fresh light there that we'd never seen before. So me and Kyle start going trekking, looking through the infrared, about 100% positive that it's not a ghost light or a UFO, and that it's probably some sort of landscaping decoration. Probably. But we still went out and We did our job. It. We did our job. We, Scooby-Doo's got nothing on us. Yeah, we did our job. Because we are now officially paranormal investigators. But it was weird because it did get bright for a little bit and then it went. And it was bright. moving. Yeah. But at first we thought it was somebody walking with a flashlight. Yeah. Which is I mean, what this this is what we do out in the middle of Illinois is you get 
infrared and night vision, yeah. and you look for stuff tweakers. That is true. And Bigfoot. Yeah. Two and of the same, really. Interdimensional beings. Yeah. So we did do our due diligence and do an investigation, an impromptu investigation. Yeah. We did pretty solid work. It was cold too. Yeah, it was chilly. We put our we risk life and limb for you all. Facts. I just want you to know that. Facts. But thanks, Frank, for writing in. Um, it is weird that it changed shape and that it recognize like <clears throat> that's the part that I hate the most is that when you noticed it, it noticed you and it's like it turned its beam. I'd say, nah, I'm good. Right. And the fact that it wouldn't allow you to like interact with your family and scream or wouldn't allow them to hear what you were doing. Definitely not cool. I don't like that at all. Yeah, that's that is a little weird. So again, thanks for taking the time to write in. It's interesting hearing these encounters and having variables that match up between different people. So keep them coming. Maybe we can put all these puzzle pieces together. From there, it's about to get real Hat Manny. Yeah, uh, a couple pit stops before we go to Hat hold, Manny. Hold that. Pump the brakes. Uh, speaking of the last submission there with the uh, night shift. Don't forget, everyone, night shift is on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Usually goes for an hour and a half. That thing is turning and burning. It's cool. Um, also. <coughs> Often imitated, never duplicated. That's right. Um, also, just kind of want to give a shout out here, a little bit of acknowledgement to my boy, Rod. He has a YouTube channel called Rod's Fishing Adventures. If anybody's into it, into fishing and whatnot, please go check him out. Um, I bring it up because he left a comment on, well, for us, it would be the last night shift. So that'd be probably two back from when this episode airs. But he said that uh, he's been listening to us ever since he read our article in the Jersey County Journal. Oh, damn. So oh, I'm, gee, like, I'm like, that's what's up. That's what's <laughs> up, man. Even if we only gain Rod from that, from that. That's uh, sick. That article, it's much appreciated, brother. I, I, I appreciate you a lot. I bet my little brother knows who it is. Probably. <clears throat> but it's cool. Me and the wife watch some of his videos, you know, and it's just him and his buddy out there fishing and, and having a good time. That is that is dope. So it's kind of cool, right? Yeah. People doing what they enjoy, and I, I know other people enjoy watching those types of videos. So oh, yeah. If anybody's into fishing do. and want to check it out, go check him out. That is dope. I'll have to have to send a link to my boys they love watching fishing videos that's awesome so thanks rod for the support yeah it's appreciated the, that's, man that's years years now that was a while ago it's been a minute that's pretty sick it's been a minute all right so from there we'll go ahead and jump into hat man um it's kind of weird because I, w- I was writing about another topic but i lost the website that i was on and I couldn't find it, and then I just kind of, just last minute called an audible, and started looking into Hatman stuff. You're starting to write like me now, don't yeah. You? It was definitely not um, a desirable outcome there, but uh, in regards to Hatman here, he's never actually been at the top of my like research list, and I don't really know why. 
maybe because it tends to fall into this realm of like uh ghosty stuff and that's not always at the at the forefront of my mind uh but on one of the night shifts somebody brought up the connection between a possible connection between Hatman and the men in black so with that being in mind i'm like okay well this is definitely interesting i've never heard this before i'm gonna start looking into it and seeing if i can't put pieces of the puzzle together you know because typically the men in black as you know will investigate people harass people threaten people who have had encounters with extraterrestrial it seems to be a pretty running mo for them so I'm like, all right, well, maybe there's elements to this story that nobody's really looked at before. Maybe so, maybe he's the one that was making the Sudbrink calls. Maybe. I can but, see that. I can see that. Uh, so I just decided to look into it, and I found some pretty interesting things. Um, oh, yes. There was a bit of research that was done in the late 70s to early 80s, and they were looking into these 18 men who had suddenly died in the following years, almost 100 more deaths fit the exact same profile. of These young men, doctors would call it sudden, unexpected, unexplained nocturnal death syndrome. After years and years of research, these son's deaths or however you want to pronounce it, might actually be caused by Brugada syndrome, which is a genetic condition that affects Southeast, Southeast Asian descent with irregular heartbeats. So this investigator starts looking into it a little bit further. They, they go to the Philippines, or they look at people from the Philippines, Thailand, Laos, and other places where this syndrome apparently has a different name. The translation for this roughly translates into nightmare death syndrome. Well, apparently among the Hmong people, they would experience nightmares. And these nightmares would have a figure in them called Dab Dab Sao, Dab Sog, something like that. This being would press on the victim's chest, attempting to suffocate them. And that that reminds you of sleep paralysis. It reminds you of the what are the, the, the night the, yeah, the old hag, night hag, whatever you want to call it. So it, it definitely has some paranormal paranormal ties. Isn't it bizarre <clears throat> that these entities and the experiences are so similar and they cross Cultural lines, they cross religious well, lines. That and that's what's interesting here is that not only do you have the same, or the roughly the same description with the Hmong people, and I'm sure with the Laos and Thailand and Philippines, but it also turns up in Canadian Inuits, and they have a word for it that I'm not even going to, not even going to try to pronounce. It's U Q U M A N G I R N I Q. So if you can uh, pronounce that, you're you're pretty good. But uh, uh, well, that description there is this this awake but paralyzed feeling. The Japanese would call it 
Kanashibari. And like I said, it 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 go, it falls in line with this sleep paralysis stuff. Um. So as many of us, so as we know from many many accounts in this this state of sleep paralysis, you're terrified. Some people actually see shadowy figures. The but the question is, is what they're seeing the Hat Man, or or are they seeing a shadow person, or? Is it a figment of the subconscious? You know, it, a being created in an altered state in between these worlds of sleep and awake. I mean, a lot of things can transpire in in these in, in between states. You know that, and I, it's it's kind of annoying because a lot of you you have both sides of the fence. You know, this the left side will go super hard in the science aspect of it yep. you know you're gonna have in these in, be- in between states there's there's chemicals going off there's the your brain is firing a little bit differently and then you have the paranormal side that's obviously like no something something more sinister is tapping in etc cetera, etc cetera. i was just <clears throat> like i always say when kyle brings up a subject i'm always like digging digging as we're li- as i'm listening <clears throat> and there was a paper from 2017 that postulates that REM sleep generates highly emotionally charged dreams, thus causing our bodies to enter a state of paralysis to ensure that we don't cause harm to ourselves. When people's minds awaken before their body, the area of the brain in charge of processing the body map and self is disturbed, which causes the dreamer to project a humanoid figure. Yeah, and I mean, is, feel about that how you want to feel about yeah, that. It's it's... It's it crosses the board so much. Yeah, yeah. I just I feel like I feel like in in regards to some of that, it's almost it, it's it's the exact same equivalent of you and me sitting here trying to put a description to Hatman. Yeah, right. Because yeah. we don't even understand the human brain at all, and doesn't it just even by that that description there. That to me that that it that describes something that we don't even begin to understand how the the fact that our body will shut itself down while we're dreaming for whatever reason to protect ourselves to protect ourselves but like doesn't that like there has to be a like a reason as to why that happens yeah, I understand yeah, you, you know yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. The protecting ourselves, but like usually when these things to? are in play, it's because of something. Yes. So it, it like to me that right there is there's still a lot of questions to that in my it's opinion. Bizarre. But uh, you know, when I when I'm writing this here, I I already get this like foreboding feeling like, all right, finding and linking the hat man is gonna be kind of a pain because you I'm already seeing like this fluctuation in origin stories and descriptions. Uh, is it tied to sleep paralysis? It, it just kind of seems like this big, this big like wave pool of, of ideas and descriptions. You'll also, but with that, in regards to this, you'll also have people that believe the hat man is just an, another type of shadow person. Maybe on certain nights or certain people, it's it's able to manifest itself better. And what do I mean by that? I mean, um, manifest more clearly. 
you know, where they they're able to pick out the hat. They're able to pick out the the suit, the trench coat. And then on maybe on some nights cuz you hear about in the the paranormal ghost type of thing like being able to draw power to manifest itself will affect cuz sometimes they just can't draw the power to manifest themselves or yeah. Or, or make contact because there's just not enough energy there for them. So is that a possibility? Is it a possibility that these these shadow entities on certain nights, they're able just to draw more power from whether it's your person, the environment, um, equipment that's there, you know, so on and so forth. And, and some people uh, associated with trauma. Yeah. Like childhood trauma. See, and that comes into play in a little bit too. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, but there's this other camp that feel like the hat man is one in its own. So they fall in this line because shadow people are usually just human shaped. They don't have any distinct features. The hat man, on the other hand, does. Um, he typically will manifest in these gloomy areas, which kind of, you know, it makes sense, right? Typically so that he blends in with it, with these shadows. So if like essentially at first you won't even notice that he's there and you, you won't notice him until he wants to be noticed because later on I found a story and I'll kind of uh, do it now, but they, they compare the hat man to predator like from the movie predator. Nice. So it's, it's, it, that definitely caught my attention, but, um, when it comes to the hat man, he is typically described wearing a long black trench coat, three-piece suit, and a hat. Now, the hat description seems to vary, and it makes me wonder if the varying hat description is by... If it's, if it's more of like a human error, so to speak, like a, a human... Because if it's what we're accustomed to, yes, like what you're trying to precisely, trying yeah. To say. yeah, like if in Texas, because I'll, I'll just go through this. So you have a fedora, a top hat, cowboy hat. Yeah. So if you're from Texas and you're used to seeing cowboy hats all the time, it's like a screen memory that you're familiar with, right? Yep. And if you, if you think about it, maybe you step back and think about it, you're talking about you're you're talking about a shadow figure that is typically seen in darkness, like in dark areas, right? So a lot happens when you're afraid because even even like in, in uh, traumatic events, like people don't always consciously actually recall what actually happened. Yeah. So, and I, and I feel, so I feel like it's probably roughly the same hat across the board. However, like you said, Steve, what we're accustomed to kind of plays into that. The the severity and trauma of the event of seeing Hatman plays into this. Um, but on top of that, and this is this is something I haven't heard, but keep in mind I haven't done a lot of investigating into Hatman, but I find this very interesting. The fact that this dude um is typically described anywhere from six to ten feet tall. Ooh. So that's a in my opinion, that is a pretty intimidating yeah. thing to be presented with. Yeah. Um, 
Another interesting description, and I, I did not find this in many places, but I, I, I thought it was interesting because it would, for me, it would be a very unforgettable um, event if I had actually seen Hatman. But some people claim that he will even be seen pulling out a golden pocket watch That's weird. from his pocket. That's and strange. they specifically say gold. Hmm. Right? So that's, that's for me, that's really bizarre. But I want, I want everybody to keep in mind what the hat man is said to look like. Because this will come up in a later theory in the episode here. But um, in, in almost every case that I was able to find, the hat man almost always brings this feeling of doom, foreboding, just, just negative energy and presence to the environment to which he presents himself. Um, I, I was, there are some people who report, I, I'm not going to say like a positive feeling, but it's like the, a neutral feeling. Like they, there's, they don't really feel one way or the other. Um, Indifference. Yeah. Um, some people believe that the hat man will appear whenever there are negative emotions around. Um, there, this is, and this, this caught my attention heavy in the beginning. It's also said that he can appear after Ouija board use or encounters with aliens. That's so weird. Okay, so keep in mind, when I first started going down this road, I was specifically looking for possible MIB connections. And obviously, right out of the gate, uh, just to throw it out there, why would it be comparable to MIB? MIB are typically seen wearing all black suits, yeah. trench coats, they and dress a hat. The same. Exactly. So that's why it that's why it made so much sense to me in the beginning. Um, I I will say that I feel like through the course of reading what I got to read and digging into it, I I don't know that I'm sold on the MIB theory. Not saying it's not possible. I I just haven't been presented with enough evidence in that regard. But regardless, anyways, back to the some of the creepy things when the hat man appears. Sometimes people will hear him whispering ominous threats and warnings to even just flat out bizarre riddles. Like he'll just throw riddles out to you. Like he's Jim Carrey from the damn <laughs> Batman series. I hope I he hope. looks like that. <laughs> I was just going to say it. I hope so. Um, and other times, he'll just sit there and stare only to at some point tip his hat at you and disappear. Um, it's so... I'm just looking into encounters here, just, just on Reddit, just reading, and it's so across the board, man. You 
there are people that have positive encounters with the hat man where one specifically talked a man out of suicide. And then there was another one where whatever this entity was gave like talk to this woman that was experiencing it and was letting her know, like she needs to take her power back. Like she's letting her life just run out of control. But then on the flip side of that, there are ones oh, I like this. There are ones where it's encouraging like self mutilation and okay. self blame. And so I'm excited <clears throat> now. I'm actually really fucking excited that you bring that up because um, keep all that in mind. Like, really let that fester in your brain there about the ups and downs. Because I, and I'm not saying I'm 100% sold on this theory that I will present later on, but I think. It's gonna it's gonna spark really really convincing conversation. Good. All Good. right. I'm excited about this. Oh, so, yeah. um, like I said, in a lot of the research that I was I looked through, uh, it's reported that after seeing um, the Hat Man, that it brings tragedy, almost like our friend Mothman. Harbinger. Uh, Yes, they don't know, or like the Mothman, they don't know if it comes as a warning or if it's actually causing the misfortune. But I have this picture that I showed Steve before we recorded, and I'm going to post it whenever I drop this episode. But it's a picture of three women standing in front of a home, and there is a jet black uh, figure behind them. It's creepy. With a hat on, and it actually has... It's hand on one of the women's shoulders. Now, what makes that even creepier, aside from the picture, because the picture would terrify me if I was in the picture, but three days later, the woman that it had its hand on died in a horrible car accident. So from there, like I said, it all seems that it points to the just not very good things. But... In doing my research, I was going to initially focus on kind of like encounters and break these encounters down. But I'm so glad that I actually ended up stumbling across a book that I did buy. Um, I didn't have a lot of time to like dive dive through it. But I, th- I feel like I've, g- I've got the information I needed. Um, the book was called The Hat Man... The True Story of Evil Encounters. And it was written by a Heidi Hollis. And this this first story that I pulled out of here is pretty fucking crazy. So this is in a, in a home and a mother sends her child to bed. The child was roughly five years old. The child, you know, as most <laughs> five-year-olds are, did not want to go to bed. So... As she laid there in bed, a bright red tunnel began to manifest by the ba- the bedroom door. This tunnel had horizontal lines in it, and it was actually producing its own light. She recalls how the room was completely dark aside from the light coming out of this tunnel. All of a sudden, a figure began to emerge from this tunnel. It was a man wearing a black trench coat and a top hat. This thing began to walk towards her, 
but it wasn't getting any closer. That's weird. The child began to scream, and the mother ran into the room, which prompted it to disappear. The child found out later, talking with her sister, that her sister had also seen the hat man and actually had conversations with him, but she wasn't able to recall any of the conversations. The proof to that would be that the mother would actually hear her daughter having these conversations, and she would ask her daughter, who are you talking to, when the daughter would reply with the man in the hat and coat. No. Right? <clears throat> so, Heidi, you know, the, the book's writer makes a very interesting point, one that I did not see but it makes a lot of sense. And I really like this, this, this analysis here. What if the hat man wears what he wears because he wants people to know who he is? He wants to be recognized. And whenever I read that, I go, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it makes sense. And then she and in the book it's interesting because she she uses a lot of analogies and she she wrote she brought up the analogy of mob bosses. Like how they when they show up, they have this sense of foreboding. They they command attention, they command respect. And it, it just kind of all fit in together with me. But there were two two more accounts that, that stand out, more so with what I just said. Uh, Heidi had someone reach out claiming that they were able to travel to the realm where all shadow people reside. All right? But this person warned to avoid the hat man at all costs because he was the worst. He, and this is where... I'm probably going to lose some people, but just keep it, keep everything in mind, everything we've been talking about. And I'm not sold on this part, but I understand the thought process. This person claims the hat man is the devil. Okay. All right. I can roll with that. All right. So especially if you rewind a little bit, you remember the description of the hat man. He wears three-piece suit, trench coat, very nice clothes. And then if you look at any, almost any and all modern depiction of the devil, most of the time, he's a well-dressed, slick man. Almost every single time. Right? Yeah. So I, I understand this connection. Um... And keep in mind, I even write in here. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even exactly sold on this because I'm more. I'm still at this point in my research. I'm still driving this this nail of, and it's because I want it to be. I want it to be more connected with the Men in Black. But this next account leads some odd connection to the Devil Theory. You have a military guy stationed in Germany. 
he thought he saw someone in the station. So he, he goes to investigate. He doesn't end up finding anything, and he returns to the sink where he was shaving. As he stood there, he saw a dark figure behind him with a top hat on. The man has the balls to, you know, he's peering into the mirror, sees the, the, the person standing behind him, and he asks, he says, who are you? The dark figure simply tips his hat, and then he actually replies, and he says, I'm Scratch. And then as the military guy turns around, the figure is gone. So it's a weird name, right? Scratch. Old Scratch. Old Scratch. Old Scratch. So the dude starts looking into the word Scratch. Well, apparently, Old Scratch is a Norse term for the devil, which I, I did not know. And I'm like, okay, well, this is this is interesting because it's a very unless like I mean, if 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 the Germany guy is making shit up, then he he's done research into Norse words, right? Not saying he has or he hasn't, but that that's what it would take. And I just feel like it's it's uncommon to say the least. It's a it is definitely an interesting response for who are you. Right, exactly. So, I read this and I'm like, "All right, I'm all in on this book. Like, uh, let's get, let's fucking go." I read another submission that kind of um, it makes me smile, um, because the words they they hit me hard, and it it. It's it's cool because it reminds me of us. Not just, you know, you and me, Steve, but all of us as a whole. The big this the big unmoving force we call Hollis Guy. So this woman, she's sleeping in her bed at her parents' house. And I believe she's she's pregnant as well. One night it gets super cold in her room, and all of a sudden this this figure appears. And she pulls a classic Kyle. She rolls over, attempting to convince herself it's not real, and tries to go back to sleep. However, it gets colder. And when she looks, this this figure is standing right over top of her. The figure begins to choke her. She asks God to help her, and all of a sudden this thing leaves. The next night, it's back. And at the foot of her bed, it starts laughing in an in a extremely sinister voice. So it kind of it kind of jumps past what actually transpired after the, maybe it just disappeared after that. Um, but the next night she, or the next day, she talks with her parents and she's like, "Listen, can we switch rooms? I'm not getting any sleep. Like, there's." Terrible stuff going on in there, whatever. And her parents actually agree to it. Yeah. We'll switch your rooms, no problem. Her parents go in there. Her parents couldn't get any sleep either. And they didn't see anything. However, they felt like something was off. Like something was wrong in the room. So during the day, they all went into the room and started to pray together. And her father apparently just 
um, like in this very commanding, booming voice, says, Satan, get out of here. And the woman even claims, like, it, it didn't even sound like my father. Like, the voice of my father changed. And they they all witnessed a dark entity leave the room, and they went out the window, out, out of the house. So you have that story, and then Heidi comes in, the writer of the book, with this 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 line that made me smile, and she says, and I quote, the power that can be wielded once a group of people come together against evil. <laughs> and I'm like, gosh, doesn't that just make you feel like some of our past that we've kind of gone down? Yep. Yep. And and once I, I I'm I'm reading through all this and whatnot, like I I can't help but smile because I start to feel connected again to the to the strange. I start to feel like I'm back on this path again, how things are just adding up and I'm finding these connections. But uh I venture into another story. I'm not gonna recount it in its entirety because people should definitely go buy this book if you're interested in the hat man. However, this woman writes a, a very lengthy story about her encounter with the hat man. And it almost seemed like this, it, it has this appearance that the, the being was looking out for her. How it, it halfway, like it, during this encounter, it connects the woman, the main woman of the story with her ex-boyfriend because he, and I, I may have misread, but I want to say she told her boyfriend at the time about having visitations from the hat man. They break up. He moves out. Um, he gets a new girlfriend, moves her in with him, and he ends up calling the main woman of the story and asking her if she sent her, he says, he says, did you send your man over here? And she's like, excuse me. So they, they proceed. He proceeds to tell her, well, listen, my girlfriend walked into the kitchen and literally bumped into the hat man, like physically bumped into him. I was just, I was just thinking that I wonder if there's any, been any like actual physical interaction with this being. Well, supposedly <clears throat> from this one, there has been, and she leaves the room, freaked out, gets the boyfriend. They both go back into the kitchen, and the hat man is still there, still hanging out in the kitchen, right? I assume it ends up leaving. And I guess from that, it kind of respawned a connection between original woman and boyfriend. So... She's like, hey, you know, like it, it brought us back. You know, it didn't do anything malicious. Anyways, the woman writing the story said she she knew the quote unquote. Well, she knew the Hat Man slash she called it Mister Fedora, but she knows that the Hat Man cannot touch her. But one night it tried. She was having a bad dream, and it moved to the side of her bed, and it puts its hand 
over top of her hand. And she recalls it in like this, almost like a comforting way. But at this time, the woman's spirit sits up out, like actually sits up out of her body and basically tells the hat man to fuck off. The, the hat man goes to the foot of the bed after her spirit basically tells it to get bent, goes to the foot of the bed and waiting there at the foot of the bed was an entity that she, I mean, you can't mess it up. Literally looks like the Grim Reaper, the scythe and all, right? Yep. So the theory would be put out, what if he actually would have made contact with her hand? Hmm. Was the Reaper waiting there yep. to collect a soul? That's interesting. Right? Because I thought maybe, like when I was originally reading it, and it, it clarifies it later on, but I thought, okay, maybe, because I, I kind of got confused when the Grim Reaper got brought up. I thought maybe the Hat Man went to the foot of the bed and then almost like either switched persona or you got to see the real version of the Hat Man or whatever, and it was the Grim Reaper. But apparently there were two beings at the foot of the bed at this point. And one of them was the Hat Man, one of them was the Reaper. Because I was... I've got so many different thoughts going on right now. But I'm wondering, first thing, are the, is this the same singular entity people are seeing all over the place? Is is the, the hat man... Like someone, one, one hat man for all hat man? Yeah. Is the, is the hat man somebody seeing in Illinois the exact same entity that is a hat man somebody seeing in Southeast Asia? You know, is it the same one or is it is it possible that there is like this this is a some sort of otherworldly species and there's all of these could be that could are be. that are out there and making contact and i'm also going down this realm with death is interesting cuz i'm just looking at this if if this thing has been around forever which by all accounts it has has it always wore the same thing has it always wore a coat and a hat, because I think if so. you rewind back, if you think about the depictions of death as a hooded figure wearing uh, a robe and uh, a hood, yeah, could fall into the same things. This person on Reddit was talking about uh, who, what was the first documented case of the Hat Man? I think and it's they, ancient times. And they dig, they dig through. They said many depictions of death is of a hooded figure in a robe with a scythe. And our view of the Grim Reaper today is pretty much the same as it was way back. The hat man seems similar to the Grim Reaper, but the difference is at the hat and the trench coat, and sometimes he's seen with the watch. Maybe he's always had the watch, but it isn't visible to the observer. I don't know. The hat man has a few different types of hats. However, I've only known him to wear a similar hat to Abe Lincoln. Again, I'm wondering if he wears the same hats, yada, yada, yada. Uh, death throughout the ages seems to be similar with just a few small changes. So this leads us back to this entity that I found uh, from uh, Cornish and Welsh folklore, French folklore, mm -hmm. called the Anku, which is a servant of death. 
The Anku appears as a man or a skeleton wearing a black robe and a large hat which conceals his face, or on occasion, simply as a shadow. He wields a scythe and is said to sit atop a cart for collecting the dead, or to drive a large black coach pulled by four black horses and accompanied by two ghostly figures on foot. According to the legend, he was one of the first children of Adam and Eve. Other versions depict Anku as the first dead person of the year, though he's always depicted as a male adult. Uh, Interesting. Yes. That does, like, personification really fit in with the, the hat man. Personification of death. Which is interesting that they just tied those two together. Yeah. And now it's kind of tied in, which apparently it's super old folklore. <clears throat> yeah, but I, I mean, I, I, I've read accounts where old natives recall seeing the hat man. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember specifically reading how, like, almost legitimately the hat man has been documented since we were able to document things. Like, he's that old, right? And I brought up earlier, like, this, the idea of it being the devil. And that's why I really liked how you read the positive ones because if you look at if you think about it in the context of the devil well the devil is known to have a silver tongue so what if to do good things what if what if him doing these quote unquote good things is only to further facilitate his need for the bad yeah right cuz so you know what i'm saying like yeah, he, yeah yeah it's like him doing you a, it's it's just it's a classic crossroads yeah He's gonna do you a solid old scratch, right? <laughs> right. Yep. So I, I thought it was very interesting, the, these depictions, right? And I get it. I think I get it. Oh, right here. So check this out. So after uh, this this Reaper thing and and the whole deal there, um, the woman writing it starts to talk about her grandmother and and the grand or she talks with her grandmother, telling her about the situation, the thing, all of it. Her grandmother tells her back how, or tells her how he'll he'll be back. And sure enough, the hat man reappears. Sometimes the the woman will hear a voice in her head about how, like the hat man will tell her, "I've been with you forever, and I've never harmed you." Like he's he's we trying to weasel his way in. And I found it very interesting because the grandmother replies back with, and she it's a warning. She's like, this is what they do. That's so creepy. Which, which reminds me of a reoccurring entity that always has this sense of helping and being all loving and concerned with you. Weird. Right? Weird. Very interesting. Weird. Very interesting. It's, I keep looking into this Ang, Anku. Uh, the I Anku like is, that. Is the henchman of death, and he is also known as the graveyard watcher. They said that he protects the graveyard and the souls around it, and for some unknown reason, he collects lost souls on his land. The last dead of the year in each parish becomes an Anku of that parish, and of all, or for all the following year, 
when there's been in a year more deaths than usual, one says about the Anku, and it's a language I cannot pronounce, but it translates to, on my faith, this one is a nasty Anku. Appearances and subcultures. Every parish in Brittany is said to have its own Anku, which Brittany is a peninsula in modern France. In Britain tradition, the squealing of railway railway wheels outside one's home is supposed to be the sound of the wheelbarrow of the Anku. Similarly, the cry of an owl is referred to as the labaus and Anku, the cry of the death bird. The Anku is also found on the baptismal font at Les Martyrs, which is a communal uh, church in France where he was carved into the baptismal and is shown holding a severed human head. In Ireland, there's a proverb that states, when the Anku comes, he will not go away empty. Dude, that's, that's so it's <laughs> weird that you say that. It's weird that you say that. So, once again, keep that in mind, because now we got two two avenues to go down. You know, the, the idea that this is a devil entity, which I'm not, I'm not sold, personally, that it is like the devil. But one thing's for sure, um, and I think we would both agree, Steve, that the more people that believe in something, the more power something is able to manifest. Um, Tulpa. Right. So, you know, another proposed theory is, is does this thing want to be recognized so much so that it grows stronger with every person it interacts with. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I, I think it's fair, you know, and because some people, like, whenever the hat man visits, he'll only visit once. But other people, he'll visit time and time and time again. Some people, as the, as the previous one stated, almost, like basically her entire life. So that kind of suggests that he's he's visiting some people more than one time, and could it be because he's not satisfied with the outcome that he's had oh, with this yeah. individual? Because maybe this this individual is is spiritually stronger and more determined than say person over here, right? He, all he had to do was see them one time and they're just like, fuck. Whereas this person over here is takes, like, I ain't, takes more break. Yeah. I'm not buying it. Um, because it's also, it's also, I, I read sorry. that, you know, a lot of like, there were people that said that they, and I've heard it in channels in the discord and stuff. Like this lady specifically describes it as I put God's armor on. And when I do this and I cast him out, he will go away. But whenever my armor is damaged, he will find his way back in every single time. It's, oh man, it's so weird. There's, there was a thread that said, if the hat man has spoken to you or communicated with you, what has he said? And there's a bunch of different, like, people on here poking fun and stuff. Uh, one person posted that he would just laugh maniacally at me and throw hats at me in the dark, the scariest moments of my childhood. Then this following person says, he predicted my future. 
explain my life for the next decade. He is some type of universal messenger for both good and evil. What if he's playing both sides of the fence? Well, it's possible, too. <laughs> but like I said, it kind of goes back to the devil's silver tongue. Yep. <clears throat> um, I was trying to find here this this person, when they're talking about the Celtic mythology and the Anku and stuff, they make some interesting comparisons here. Death throughout the ages seems to be a similar figure with just small changes. Example, the Anku, wide brim hat, robe, scythe, sometimes carriage with four horses. Grim Reaper, hooded robe, scythe, uh, then you got Papa Lagba, wide brim hat, dog, cane, and run. The hat man, wide brim hat, top hat, trench coat. I'm wondering how the flannel man is associated with all this. He wears a red checkered shirt. That's symbolic in itself as regards to a trickster entity. Uh, he also has a black dog and an axe. So they do kind, all of these entities do kind of cross paths. What if they're just some type of like demigod? <laughs> That's why I ask. I'm like, do you think it's the same, the same thing, the same universal entity that people are interpreting differently? Or if it's a, just a bunch of different entities? I mean, that... to, be a, to, be, to be completely honest, at the beginning of the episode, I would have said, yes, it's the same one across the board. Because <laughs> the way she set it up totally made sense to me, like how this thing wants to be recognized. Like that made a lot of fucking sense to me. However, like you, you read about the, the basically the henchmen for death. Um, that makes sense. That and that's that's funny because that's where this goes. Actually, after brainstorming, this is the person on Reddit. Uh, let me see here. Reddit user uh, Miss Mess says, "Actually, after brainstorming this, I'm thinking that the Hat Man and these other entities are not the actual Grim Reaper. I'm much more convinced though that they have something to do with the Grim Reaper and is associated with that entity in some way. Maybe they mean different things. Like the Hat Man could be a precursor to death, or maybe just some really bad news." Not specifically death like the Grim Reaper would be. I like it. I really do. Yeah. It makes sense. I'm like, I'm not arguing that at all. Could you, like... Especially with the story where it at the, he at, moves back and it, there's literally the Grim Reaper standing there. Yeah, and and you have you have good ones. You know, yeah. they're like, may, maybe Grim Reaper comes out and he's like, this person is not ready yet. They're, they're, they're on the cusp of leaving before I want them to leave. So then, then they send the positive one out to be like, hey. Do your thing. Yeah. Hey, let's, he's not, you're, you're, the soul's not ripe yet. You gotta, you gotta let it, let it sit for a little bit longer, which is, at what point in your life did you ever think you'd be sitting here talking about the Grim Reaper and the, the shadow gang? <laughs> Never. I just, well, it's I wouldn't. All so weird. I found another, another thing here that not not necessarily Hatman, but shadow entities. So there is a writer named Joseph uh, McMonagall, and he wrote a book called Mind Trek, detailing his adventures in remote viewing for the military. So this kind of ties a bunch of shit back in to where, like, I kind of stand on the the point of manipulating consciousness could open a realm to whatever the fuck these things are. At one point in his career, while investigating and looking into remote viewing, he began to see shadow persons and shadow beings. This is directly from the book. It's two paragraphs. It was also during this time in my remote viewing 
development that I began to see things out of the corner of my eye, quite literally. I would be engrossed in some other activity, writing, typing, reading, and something would catch my attention over the edge of the typewriter or book or a movement perhaps, a subtle change in color, a dark object. I would then quickly look up to see whatever the object was, which would then quickly move out of sight, vanishing into a closet or moving rapidly out of the room. After a while, these objects would, wouldn't leave the area. They would remain, sometimes staying in sight, for some time until they eventually moved out of view by casually walking or passing into the next room, the closet or the master bathroom. What is important here is to understand that I'm not talking about a vague impression or a flicker across my peripheral vision. I'm talking about a very solid, well-defined, objective thing which one would not ordinarily see. An interesting sideline to this is that my wife and even my animals would sometimes sometimes see them as well. My wife and I have two dogs and four cats that share our home. We commonly refer to them as our fur children. Most of the time when I'm sitting up in bed reading, at least one, if not more, of our fur children are lying with me. On one occasion, I noticed movement above the edge of the book over by the entry to the master bathroom, and I looked up. There was an unbelievable creature about a foot high looking at me. It then quickly turned and passed into the bathroom. It looked very much like a large, large lizard walking on its hind legs. The most interesting observation, however, was that my cat, Bing, was also watching it and growled in a low guttural way, all his hair standing up on the back of his neck. Bing then got up from the bed and walked over to the entry of the bathroom, but he wouldn't go in. He lay down like a loaf of bread in front of the door and watched the room for nearly half an hour before he eventually lost interest. What was it? I haven't the foggiest notion. The, I just, I, I don't know, man. It's so weird. It is weird. Especially like the dude was l digging into remote viewing for the military. Actively altering these states of consciousness. Okay. And then well, these, these beings start showing once up. Once again, timing. Keep that in mind. Right. Um, because so I go on to say, you know, the hat man in itself is is just this bizarre entity. And there's, I knew going into it, it was going to be very hard to chase this 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 trail. Uh, because he manifests in so many different ways. Dreams, reality, solid, different locations, before or after tragedy. Uh, the The ability to stay just on the edge of your peripheral letting you see it, yet not. It can also be standing cloaked in darkness, not allowing you to see it until it wants you to. Uh, because he'll literally step out of the darkness, and that's when the guy compared it to to Predator. Like he's cloaked, and then all of a sudden he'll step out and, and make his presence known. Um, this, like earlier I mentioned how there was a person that had the ability to travel to the Shadow Realm where all these different shadows reside. And in this place, some people even saw cages, which is very weird. Um, but you turn the story to Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Now, apparently, after consuming ayahuasca while on a trip to Peru, he has since been followed by the hat man. Apparently... This experience has humbled him. But to what end? Because it seems that the hat man is nothing more than a bad omen, to say the least. Rogers reports that 
something he will, or sometimes he will see the hat man off in the distance, veiled by darkness, holding the corpse of a dead rabbit and sometimes a blade, which sounds exactly like the henchman for death. Yeah. Okay. Rogers also doesn't want to be left in the locker room alone because when he was alone at one point, the lights began to flicker and shut off one by one. Rogers then left and ran to, ran to his car only to have the hat man hot on his heels. He could, he could literally hear, hear the feet slapping the ground <laughs> right behind him all the way to his car. You know, when he jumped in, locked the doors just, Oh, just off, you know, just going off what little I know about the Rogers encounter. It almost seems during his, his ayahuasca experience, he could have went to a place that just completely humbled him because a lot of people like said Rogers was basically an asshole, like his teammates, his coach, his family. I guess he was just a very off the rails type of person. And then all of a sudden after this experience, his entire outlook on people has apparently changed. So it almost seems like he could have went to a place like quote unquote hell, a place that could like, he could be essentially afraid to end up, which would explain a sudden change in attitude because it seems like something, something humbles you from time to time where you're like, okay, I need to change my outlook and actions in life. That is bizarre, especially tied to people who had been taken to the shadow realm. Well, and and just what you were saying, like think about that, dude. Remote viewing, ayahuasca, fuck ayahuasca. Yep. This other person that is able to manipulate their way into the shadow realm. They're all three. And where do people normally see the hat man? In that weird between sleep and dream state. Yes. Yes. So weird, man. Dude, it's it it's so a weird. weird it's a weird situation. And I like I I skip I over skipped a part in my thing here because I don't know that it's exactly it's not really relevant, but I do find it interesting. Um mostly because the hat man has this this ability to traverse your dreams and reality and do this whole back and forth shit. And it it made me it made me ponder some things like if you, if you look in the context of the devil, like, like I initially started to go down until we hit all these other, these offshoots here, but it kind of fucked me up a little bit because of your dream that you had. I was just going to say that because the devil has the ability to manifest and change into different things. Just like what happened in your dream. Right. And I say that. I've also had a couple weird dreams. One of them was extremely recent, but uh, I don't know if you or the listeners recall I told you of a dream where I was I was attacked by people and they were going to bite my neck, but this black mask went into my neck, et cetera, et cetera. I had another one of those dreams just not too long ago. And I don't remember all of it entirely, but I remember being out in the field and there was multiple people around. It was almost like we were fighting in a battle. But I remember standing there and this black mass came at me and it fucking hit me right underneath my rib cage and like went up into me. And I remember waking up feeling icky, like like I felt this cold surge, and that's what woke me up out of this dream. 
and it worried me for a couple of days because I'm like, man, what the fuck? I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be messed with by these dark things or whatever. And nothing ever really transpired of it. So it's most likely just a dream, but it was very bizarre. Very bizarre. I was, I was thinking the same thing when you started talking about the hat man and mentioning how tall it was. It made me think, yeah, the thing leaning through for sure. For sure. Didn't have a hat on. Maybe you took it off like a gentleman. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. I thought it was like the more I got to looking into it, the more I'm like, okay, this is actually kind of cool. Like I'm definitely into these theories. I'm definitely into the avenues, even more so when you found the possible henchman for death. I like that. That is weird. I like that theory a lot. Right. And, it, and even more so the fact that like we, we go down these offshoots and you find that. And then there's the, there was this the description of the henchman. Hold, he was holding something, right? Uh, the uh, severed head. That's right. Yeah. And then Rogers reports it holding a dead rabbit. A dead rabbit. Just weird. Or a knife. I don't know if it was or a knife or and a knife. Because they didn't really clarify that. So. Let's see here. Very interesting shit, though. Let's look at dead rabbits. I'm covering the spiritual meaning of seeing a dead rabbit. Generally speaking, dreaming about a dead rabbit can be interpreted as the sign of transformation or the end of a cycle. Oh, that's weird, considering now he has a complete attitude change. <sighs> it is weird. I don't know. For some reason, like I really like the, the henchman for death. I really like. I I just really think it fits the bill. Yeah, and it, that went in a direction that I didn't think it would until we started getting about halfway through, and then the idea that these these things all exist outside, just outside of our consciousness, is so terrifying to me. Oh yeah, we are one bad dream away from opening that door for sure. We are sure. one. I don't know, man. And it's weird. You hear it's people... almost like it's almost like the Hat Man, and maybe the Flannel Man, and whomever uh, are like the the upper management because the ringleaders. Because Heidi in her book made a, a pretty decent point how shadow people typically always try to stay at your periphery. Like they they're always hiding. Yeah. They're always in and out. Whereas the Hat Man has no fucking problem. Going, boom, here I am. Look at me. I don't give a fuck. And shadow people kind of always seem to be fleeting. Like, they're always they're always trying to get the drop on you. They're always staying to your peripherals. Yeah. And You'll see them very quickly, just pew, pew. And now there's this whole, like, weird pop culture tie between Benadryl and the Hat Man. Interesting. And, like, yeah, how much Benadryl do I have to take before I see the Hat Man? Which is, it, it again, alters your state alters of consciousness. Your, absolutely. puts you in a deep sleep state where it opens these things up. I don't, I don't know, man. It's so weird. It's weird. The it's more, weird. The more we look into this shit, the more it all kind of circles back to that. Oh, yeah. It's bizarre. It's weird, man. It's bizarre. I dig it, though. That was a banger. 
I enjoyed it a lot. That's like I said, it was, I'm so glad I called the last minute audible. Uh, I wish I had more time to just look into it more. Because that mm -hmm. Heidi was saying how she gets thousands and thousands oh, there's of a whole, emails. There's of, a whole Reddit thread. Where people, oh, really? People just post their post their encounters, post their encounters, post That's their awesome. encounters. That's awesome. Well, it'll probably be a subject that we have to revisit then. How, like that one, the dude said it's told my future for an entire decade. That's terrifying. That's fucked up. But, yeah. And the fact that, like, like it's a, it's a, like the Anku is acknowledged, even even acknowledged religiously that it's carved into the fucking baptismal <laughs> in the church, the ancient right. baptismal in the church. Right. You have a harbinger of death. He's oh, holding he's, a severed head. He's death's homie. It's. it's I'd like, weird. dude. I, I don't know why, but when you brought that up and read it, for me that fits the bill. Like that's yeah, that's a. That's at least a, a, a really solid theory in my book. Yeah, because um, I know I mentioned it before, but my ex-wife used to see it when she was younger. Before before I had even made a correlation between it being an actual uh, phenomena, she would talk to me about it. She she is not in, well, was not, is not into the paranormal or any of that stuff. She does not fuck with that, does not do any of that. But she, we had had conversations before where on multiple occasions she had seen, uh, she, she described it as, uh, it, it was, it was a shadow that she could make out a suit. She, and she said he had a top hat on, but not like a tall, a blinking top hat, but kind of like a, like an Amish wide brim top hat. Right. Yeah. She said she would see it, uh, Sometimes she would see it outside. Sometimes she would see it in her bedroom. Which and is typical Hatman MO. Like, yeah. he's not just for one thing. It is. It is weird. I don't know what these entities are, man, but I don't think they're up to any good. No, they're out there. But that's going to wrap it up for this week, Hollow Cult. Thanks for hanging out with us. If any of you out there have had an encounter with the Hatman, send it our way. Please. This, this might be our new... This might be our new rabbit hole here. I dig it. Until we meet again, check us out on all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Discord, and Holocult. Stay safe. Stay weird. And if you see one of these entities, just know that it's probably not rolling alone. It's probably got a bunch of homies with him. So do not engage. <laughs>